have not become a patron of the Geocache Talk Network, what are you waiting for? Patron levels start as low as a bison tube level at $3 a month. To sign up is easy. Simply go to the Geocache Talk website and click on the Become a Patron button or go to patreon.com forward slash geocache talk. Patrons now get the famous blackout coin, invites to special events, and other really great items throughout the year. Become a patron today. Have you subscribed to FTF Magazine yet? FTF Magazine is the number one geocaching magazine available. It is a quarterly magazine that you can be part of. Submit your geocaching milestones and adventures to be published. FTF Magazine is also interactive with puzzles to solve and the hunt to find Spartacus. If you can solve the puzzle or find Spartacus, then you will be entered in to win a special path tag. Every new subscription, you will receive a special swag pack. Subscribing is easy. Just visit FTF's website, ftfgeo.com. Don't miss out and subscribe today. Hello and welcome to Challenge Talk, part of the Geocache Talk Network. You can watch the show live on the first Sunday of each month. Feel free to jump over to YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter to watch the broadcast live and join in the wonderful and active chat room or listen to the entire show later on your favorite podcast player. In this episode, we'll be looking at some common questions you've been sending in about challenge caching and statistics. We also have prizes to give away each show to our listeners. Between each show, be sure to email your challenge cash finds to challengetalkpodcast at gmail.com and you could be a winner. And later in the show, we also play our special game exclusively for our live audience, the Wheel of Challenges. <laughs> so listen live, get your email app ready, and follow instructions when the time comes so you can have a chance at winning the grand prize, a one-year membership to Project GC. And later on, we'll also highlight some of the challenge caches you found, and someone will win our monthly giveaway. And we are your hosts. We are Emily, to my left, and Jeff from Cache Line. Hello. <laughs> How has your month been? Oh, it's been great. I went on vacation, so I had lots of time for geocaching. And I even got to go hiking with my brother and my eight-month-old eight nephew, and he got his first cache with us. Hey. Interestingly, our first cache was a challenge cache, and since he's eight months old, he's nowhere near <laughs> qualified for it. <laughs> so then technically we went to another one, which was his first official cache. Yeah. But also on the trail was a challenge cache for having enough attributes for caching with kids. And so I got to find a caching with kids challenge cache with a kid. So it was great. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Especially plus lots a... and lots of other caches. Yeah. And being a first find, like that's, it's always great to introduce more people to the game. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> How about you? How's your month been? Well, I'm still working on, well, it'll take a year, but I'm still trying to work on filling that uh, 26 finds per day date found year Ooh. grid. Uh, there's still a whole bunch of days to fill up, but uh, I'm just kind of casually working on that because uh, I don't think I've got enough just within town to uh, to complete the entire year of 26 day, uh, finds per day. And with gas so expensive, like, oh, come on. Yeah. Yeah. How <laughs> so, about it? Stretching that one out. Next year, the next loop around should be a lot easier. Good, fun. But um, also, like you, there's the Academy Passport, the Challenge Academy Passport, and I'm working yes. on that. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That has been oh. so much fun. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw on social media. I've got my, like, giant um, <laughs> tracking, several pages here, tracking um, what months and years I found caches from. Yeah, this has been 
very, very fun. <laughs> it is cool because there have been some people who've shared photos of how they're tracking progress as well. And, uh, you know, it's one thing to mark off a box on that passport, but it's another thing to have to actually track your progress. Oh, it's huge. Like, mm. so they're on this cash or vacation road trip. I mean, I'm glad my husband was driving. I spent so much time making these grids and, and figuring <laughs> out my uh, plans for attacking the passport. Yeah, so it it's... And, and you guys are doing it too. You guys out there are oh, yeah. preparing for Challenge Academy by doing this. One awesome thing about my vacation, we've got Railroad in the chat tonight, but I went to an event hosted by him. He's like, hey, can I get your picture for the passport? And I was like, oh my gosh, I was <laughs> starstruck that someone asked me for my picture for the passport. <laughs> so you guys, this has been so much fun. Yep. And uh, so uh, yeah, I'm close to 250 finds. I'm almost at 40 dif uh, DT uh, combos. Uh, still need to get more counties. See, I'm jealous of some of you people who live in states that uh, have so many counties, small counties all close right. together. Ontario right. is huge. You got to drive like half an hour at least to get to another county. So 10 counties. <sighs> <laughs> it's um, interesting what parts of the passport are easy for some and and not for others you know yeah and that's that's why we're here look at this we just put out this piece of paper and look what it's getting all of us to do you know between may 1st and july 16th we're all just running around doing what this paper says i love <laughs> i love geocaching and challenges <laughs> the extra challenge yep yeah and uh yeah, Minimag was asking where to find the uh, the passport for the event, and the link itself will be in the show notes for this episode, but uh, you can check social media for Geocache Talk. We've got some posts announcing it and the links to the PDF, and occasionally there might be updates to the PDF, so you might be able to check back and check the uh, the last update date. There could be a couple of wording updates, or there is a frequently asked questions page on the second page, which answers uh, common questions people have about qualifying and all that stuff. So sure, some look, of these spots are like links. teeny tiny, you know, explanations of what we want you to do. So the FAQs answer what do these teeny tiny boxes <laughs> mean? Yeah, it's it's a lot to fit on one square yes. <laughs> image. <laughs> Yeah, even those paths are crossing each other kind of crazy, yeah. but it's we wanted, so much we just, fun. Yeah, we wanted to have fun with it and uh, yeah. provide something a little extra for people to do leading up to the event. So uh, so keep working on it. And remember, share uh, your progress. We've got that one geo trail, which is all scavenger hunt photos. So share your progress on social media, tag us, and uh, use that hashtag Challenge Academy to, uh, to let us know and... Uh, there are prizes, and they're all explained on the passport as well. Exciting. <laughs> <laughs> so we love to hear from you. And uh, as usual, if you have any questions, uh, big or small, then remember to, to email us at challengetalkpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, we'll do our best to address them, answer them, explore them, have fun with them. You never know. <laughs> So we also, every episode, uh, update the statistics or share the updates to the statistics shared, listed on Project GC about challenge caches. And so this afternoon, according to Project GC, as of June 5th, uh, we now have 7,924 active scripts. These are the individual scripts that handle all of the challenge checkers in the system uh, from the entire history archived as well. And that's up 148 from last month. Uh, 
which is less than the prior month, but there are now 41,404 unique challenges, and uh, that's up over a thousand from last month. Awesome. I think that's a record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These are the unique challenge ideas. So uh, parameter sets, you might have multiple challenge caches published around the world that are all based on, say, one Jasmine or one fizzy grid. That would be one parameter set. So that is uh, over 41,000 now. We have 51,080 active tags, which is up from 49,650. We crossed the 51, the 50 and 51,000 mark. <laughs> up 1,430 active tags. Those tags are unique GC codes. So that is either uh, 1,400 new caches or caches about to be published, which again is uh, more, just more than twice last month. It's going up. That's huge. That is awesome. Um, as for active challenge caches that have been published, we have 34,068 worldwide, and that's just doing a search by challenge cache attribute, and that's up 740 new challenges in one month worldwide. That might also be a record. <laughs> cool. Yeah, that's more than twice last month as well. Wow. Yeah. Challenge caches have been busy. That's awesome. I went to mm. find them. <laughs> they're, they're not here in my area. <laughs> She's got to be able to travel to, worldwide. I, I need to keep traveling. Traveling was free. <laughs> oh, if only. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got a couple of uh, news items to cover as well. Since last month, uh, Signals Labyrinth, the new location is starting tomorrow, June 6th, yeah. and uh, they have shared a blog post uh, describing it. And so the next phase, we will be entering the swamp. Mm. Signal has exited the forest and is now heading into the swamp. The points for, uh, for collecting the souvenirs have changed slightly. So now the uh, points for finding a Signal's Labyrinth item is they lowered it slightly to 50. And the next yeah. highest now is the uh, letterbox. So letterboxes Ooh. give you 30 points and any cache with 10 or more favorite points or a mystery cache will give you 25. And then uh, any, any log will give you found or any found it will give you 15 points and an adventure lab. Each location will give you five. So this Oops. they're including events that i feel like events have been kind of excluded a lot lately from mm -hmm. um their promotion so that's back in play yeah i remember seeing a few people mention that they didn't get points i think for attending events last month or maybe mm -hmm. it could have been a bug i'm not sure but uh yeah they're ex explicitly stating now 20 points for attending an event great so there's your goal got to get out of that swamp <laughs> We can do it. And and <laughs> Cash Fest is included in the time frame, the two oh, month yes. time frame for the swamp. So those of us going to Cash Fest, I think I think we have a leg up. <laughs> There's gonna be a whole lot of finds. Yeah. Logged on yeah. that week. Uh, last Sunday, if you didn't know, was GeoCoin Talk, brand new uh, podcast, and they aired they premiered that last Sunday. So uh, watch for that one you can still find that on uh, the geocache talk channel it's recorded so you can uh, watch it after the live stream 
I thought that um, was fun, and it made me want to get out my collection and find my five favorite geo coins. Mm, you know, five mm. is a low number compared to my <laughs> um, uh, whole collection. But I even got some in the mail, and I was looking at them and and saying, "Well, this is why I really like this one." It gave me kind of a a pause to appreciate the coins that yeah. I have and why I like them. Yeah, and it's great to see so many designs because it gives you different ideas. Every artist kind of has a different style something unique about them. So it's neat to see that and then kind of get some ideas if you're creating your GeoCoin. Right. Yeah, I actually had a little bit of inspiration. I realized one element of what I think I would do if I designed my own GeoCoin. So I'll hold that tight because who knows how many <laughs> years it'll be till that happens. But I, I think I have an inkling of where to start. <laughs> mm, that's good. And other big news, this is our 24th episode. That's two full years of challenge talk yeah congratulations it's it's gone by so fast i can't believe it right there's like yeah a compression effect with these last two years with the pandemic <laughs> and everything so it's yeah, just crazy yeah and we just keep <laughs> plugging along because geocaching is timeless and it proves mm. to be um a great pandemic activity <laughs> and so we just keep <laughs> geocaching and and have yep. plenty to talk about on this um on this podcast so thanks to all of you who have been a part of it some of you since the very beginning it's been great mm -hmm. yep yep for sure and uh yeah it was great to keep up that the, all the challenges and geocaching throughout the pandemic i mean it was like one of the only hobbies that was barely affected by it unless right? there were restrictions on travel but you could still even find stuff within your neighborhood if you mm -hmm. wanted to yeah in most yeah, places we found a way <laughs> yeah uh, so this month's topic, we are just going to run through a number of uh, comments and emails and questions that have come through our inbox over the past while. And uh, so we've got, we're going to explore a couple of uh, uh, Project GC functions. Uh, and if you have any, if you're in chat and you have any questions or comments or clarifications, by all means, let us know. And uh, as always, as we always say, email us, challengetalkpodcast at gmail.com, and uh, we'll collect those up. And I think we'll, we'll do more Q&A grab bag yeah. episodes in the future. Right. <laughs> so first off, we have a, little, a neat little inspiration that uh, Kazoo Otters has sent in. Uh, it kind of connects with uh, Merlin1392. Yeah, this was really cool cash. as we were going through our emails. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Kazoo Otters has said, Last month I was trying to publish three new challenge caches, but it wasn't working. My great idea didn't work within the guidelines. Drat. What to do <laughs> with built cache pages that wouldn't be published? I was struggling with what challenges I wanted to do with my partially built pages. I listened to your challenge podcast and heard about the, the uh, theme challenges. I started thinking about themes. Within a day, I had an idea for two challenges. The Michigan Winter Wonderland Challenge, which is GC9RKKS, and the Michigan the Great Lake Challenge, which is GC9RKJW. Both use related attributes to qualify, and both are related to a Michigan license plate themes. And... It was kind of interesting because last month Merlin1392 wrote in to say that he had found those two challenge caches in May. <laughs> yeah, so two of our listeners, we have inspiration from the show and then someone using them to send in their challenge finds. So that's and this great, is, you guys. Yeah, and these are good ones because the, uh, the Winter Wonderland Challenge, just as you would guess, the theme is winter-themed attributes. So you need to find 50 caches of each of... Uh, winter friendly or available in winter attribute 
skiing required, snowshoes, and um, snowmobiles required. So yeah. basically all of you, like up to 200 caches, you could potentially find 50 caches with all four attributes. Uh, right. Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one is the Great Lake Challenge, which... Uh, the theme is water, so you need to find 50, cache, uh, 50 caches for each of boat required, swimming, or waiting required. So 150 tops. So simple, easy to understand, but nicely themed. Nicely which themed. Is great. Yeah, I really enjoy challenges with the attribute themes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Especially when it's a combination. Mm -hmm. I think I mentioned in, in a prior episode, we have one where uh, somebody, he, he takes his dog out paddling quite often. And so he uh, placed a challenge to find caches with uh, dog pet or dog friendly and or dogs allowed and boat required. <laughs> How many caches yeah, do you know that are boat required about... and dog allowed? <laughs> and dog friendly, right? <laughs> right. So it's, it's really just about build, building a story around your theme. Mm. Yep. So let's take a look at uh, a first question, um, and now, I know this has been this has come up a few times in the past uh where you know if you're trying to fill out well i'll just read the question um the question is i worked hard to qualify for a fizzy grid but now when i recheck there's a dt combo that's empty that i know that i found how do i know what changed well found this very cool uh tool from project gc that i actually didn't know existed until it was pointed out uh this month it's the dt history page. It's a tool that you can get to from the tools dropdown on uh, Project GC. It's in beta and it's paying members only, but it gives you a breakdown of pretty much your entire find history and the dates that, that you found the caches and what the DT was when you found them, plus all of the changes uh, that have happened over time. Where's a good one here? Uh, here's, well, let's go right down to recently because I think there were some. Uh, there's a good one. So wow, here, one so that's Iron five different York. changes there, five different yep. boxes. Since it was published in July, twenty third last year, it's been changed five times, and when I found it, it was in the middle. So it gives you the history of the difficulty and terrain, and when you actually found it. And this was something that uh, that I really wanted to see. Like I thought, why not? If if the history is there, why not show it? And so I guess Project GC thought, hey, this, yeah. this is a tool we should actually incorporate. So if you, I guess, if you really want to find what DT has changed, you could do a search. You could like try to find uh, two and a half, one point zero, and then search through the entire list of. Uh, caches with their DTs until you find one that looks like it's changed. Mm -hmm. So there was one I think I just passed that uh, I found as found it as a one one and it's now a two and a half one point oh. <laughs> wow. <right>. So <laughs> maybe <laughs> there, there's an your owner who's figuring out what one ones really mean afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a big difference. Um, so there's a good tool to use. If you, if you found a hole, you might be able to convince a cache owner that, hey, when I found this cache, I had qualified, and now I don't because somebody bumped a, a terrain by a half a point. Right, right. I was going to say there's allowed. not much you can do. You know, you, like you said, you might be able to convince someone, but it does satisfy 
curiosity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I was really interested in that. There's, I was, I almost, I think I went through and tried to find the longest one. I forget where the longest one, how many updates there were, but yeah, no, that I think is a really useful tool now. Yeah, that's oh, that's yeah. a good one. Oh yeah, I just found one that's gone through one, two, three, seven changes. <laughs> and you, to be fair, you never really know why the DTs would change. And if you were to ask Jesse, I think he would be absolutely furious yeah. <laughs> that the DTs have changed. Right. That's a lot of changes. You know, I, is that someone who's responding to the changing of the area that, you know, has that area changed that much over time? Mm -hmm. yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. And HQ just put out an episode of their podcast and they talk about some of that stuff. Some of the lackeys give their opinions. Um, and one of the opinions, which I kind of agree with, is rate it for the hardest it will ever be. And then it's a bonus if it's not that mm. hard at other times. That could be interesting because that could also apply to things like uh, five terrains on a small island where half the year you've got to use a boat, but then the other half is just a short just walk. Walk on the ice. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's one reason a lot of people put those island caches as like terrain three or two or lower because, well, you can just walk to it in the winter. Why should I reward you with a five terrain? <laughs> that's a whole other controversial all, yeah, topic. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> if you have opinions and thoughts, post a comment below. <laughs> exactly. And we do have some comments in there. But, you know, if you're if you're changing it back and forth throughout the year based on the season, that that could affect folks something to consider if you yeah. care yeah i think there are some cash owners who regularly change the dts on a seasonal basis i i, I don't know if i'd advocate for that but you know, if they can't if they're if they're allowed to then what's to stop them nothing stopping them yep <laughs> yep uh so here's another question that uh, that i actually just came across today and i hadn't looked into it just till just now and it is actually pretty interesting. So the question, why does Project GC's signed but not logged found list show a green check mark on a challenge cache I don't yet qualify for? So we mentioned in a, an episode a, a while back that there is a tool on Project GC uh, that once it loads, there we go, uh, in your profile stats, you can look at the challenges tab and as you find geocaches that you don't let yet qualify for, you can post a note saying that I've found it, I've signed in, I don't yet qualify, and then in the future you can come back and post your find log. So what Project GC does is they know all of these logs, they have them in the system, so they will look at the challenge caches and say, hey, you haven't found this cache, but you've posted a note. And so they assume, for generally speaking, I think it's a good assumption that that means that you've found the cache and just haven't logged it found. Mm -hmm. So under that challenges tab in your profile on Project GC, there's a challenges tab and scroll down. You've got this list of uh, found but not logged as found. And in that right column, there's the red uh, dash and a check mark. And that's just kind of lets you know that, hey, you've, you've posted a note to these caches and we've run our checkers on them, and it looks like you qualify. But the weird thing is, this, this little icon links to a checker. The problem is, sometimes there's a green check mark when there shouldn't be. Okay. And so, and, and so somebody was asking about this, and even just looking through mine, I did find one that does have that issue. Um, the 
so for this particular one, uh, well, well, okay, maybe not. It, I don't. It's not a green check, and I qualify. But the reason applies here. So with this particular cache, there's one link. But if you open up this cache, uh, we've discussed this a little bit with the Project GC browser add-on. Multiple checkers. Yeah. So this cache has two checkers associated with it and one in the description. So this one, you can see by it's got 32 green and 136 negative is the second one in the list. And... Uh, so this is the second one is the one that the cache owner has created for everybody. And this one is probably something that somebody else has tagged. My guess is on that list uh, on Project GC, it shows that one link as to the latest checker that was tagged for that GC. So what a lot of people are doing is if they see a green check mark and they click on that checker, but that challenge cache has more than one checker, it's taking them to the wrong checker. It, it mm. might not be valid or accurate. And so you might, for that checker, there might be a green check mark, but the proper one, there isn't. Does that make sense? It does. <laughs> <laughs> the, the way around that really is just go to the listing itself and check out which checker the owner has added to the description, what the exactly. official one is. Because that's the one that was built for that challenge. Mm-hmm. And it, because there's no way for the cash owner, at least at this point, to define which checker is the official checker, the one that's approved by the cash owner. So there could be five checkers. Which one's the right one? The one that the cash owner puts in the description. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily the one on that checker list. So that was a neat discovery. Yeah. And it makes sense. There's only one link there. <clears throat> uh, moving on to another question. How do I make a list of geocaches that will fill my next fizzy grid and filter to certain cache types or sizes? Now, I know I think Emily, you were uh, really looking for this one. <laughs> right, because it's what I have found is so I filled my fizzy grid once, but how mm. do I find for more than one? Because when I've gone to this tool and I say apply it, it says congratulations, you filled your fizzy grid. You don't need any more. And, but mm. I want to turn my ones to twos and my twos to threes. And, and so mm. that's where I was struggling with the tool. Yeah. And we, we had mentioned this on a prior show, but we just kind of took a fleeting glance at it. So on this, this is the map DT, DT matrix tool. So under tools, there is an option for map DT matrix. That will take you to this page, which allows you to look at your fizzy grid, uh, with certain loops. So the default settings will just be your name and your look and caches within a certain location. And that'll give you your DT grid and by default, tell you next options. So it gives you your DT and then it'll tell you at your current loop. Uh, for me, that's 40. So it's looking for 41. It will also search and give you a result of all of the caches that will help you qualify for your next one. So for me, it'd be 41. So they give uh, color, uh, color coding on the DTs and then drop them all into the map below. That's the default view. So if, say, and it's always going to be your minimum. So based on the selection that you're looking for, in this case, your default DT matrix, you won't be able to say, tell me what can help me qualify for loop number 20 when you've already mm -hmm. got 40. It doesn't make sense. So what you can do is 
in the add filter drop down, click the loop option. Again, this is for paying members only. Why it's so great to have a PGC membership. <laughs> you can put in a loop number that's greater than your current loop. So if I were to put loop 40, that would produce the exact same result. So if I say wanted to, I was going on a trip and I wanted to get to loop 45, I could put 45 and that would give me all, it, it would tell me which grids I need to complete to get to 45 for one. And it would give all of the caches in that search result that match all of the DTs needed to get to loop 45. So that loop filter option is what you want. Awesome. Sometimes it's so easy, but there is, there's so many details. You can just get hung up like that. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's fun to explore, but sometimes there's so much it can be overwhelming. <laughs> the other trick to this is that, say, there's a challenge for... Uh, completing two fizzy grids of regular-sized geocaches. In this case, what you want to do is add the D slash T type and size, because this is the one that defines the DT matrix itself. So the DT type and size, and let's say you want a regular, all regular-sized geocaches. Uh, you'd select regular, say loop. I'm just going to put loop. Let's not use loop. Let's just use my current amount and hit filter. And now it'll tell you, of all of the regular caches you found, this is your current DT grid. Now you can see which loops you need to find for your next complete fizzy. And it'll give you a result of how many there are that match. And for me, there's one. <laughs> so, <laughs> no pressure. Um, <laughs> uh, so that's how, you, that's how you get that. What I found confusing at first was that there's also a cache type size filter, which is almost identical to the DT type size. Mm -hmm. The cache type size is, um, it filters the qualifiers. So first thing to think of is the DT type size that defines your matrix, what you're actually trying, the fizzies that you're trying to complete. And then the cache type size filters all the qualifiers to a specific type. For example, if I was on a trip and I wanted to find, I wanted to get, um, let's say, uh, let's see, yeah, let's say I was still looking for the regular size and I wanted to work on that DT fizzy, but I don't want to see qualifiers of every single cache type. I don't want, I'm mean, just driving through, so I might not want multis or letterboxes. I just want traditionals. So I'd say cache type size. I want to choose traditional cache and now hit filter. I get the same DT matrix, but well, Canada, Ontario, not a very good example. <laughs> the map, the map would only show caches that I could find that would qualify for the next fizzy loop. So there's kind of two filters going on, and it can get kind of confusing. But that's that's kind of how to think think about it. Great, thanks. It's a great tool. It is for especially for going on trips. <laughs> uh, we. Got a number of uh, comments and questions and ideas in from Cody Cash, who's been listening for quite some time, and so thought we would uh, address a few of them as well. Mm -hmm. He has said in one, he says, I know most challenges are rather specific and each require their own planning. Meanwhile, the Fizzy, Jasmer, and Delorme start to naturally fill up over time. So what are some general challenge caching tips and strategies? Do you have any that you can think of, uh, first of all? Um, you know, 
I tend to just go geocaching. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then my mic, when I, um, when I encounter a challenge cache, which, you know, I frequently use that project GC map based on my home location and where I might be going. Um, so of course where I might be going changes all the time. Then I look and see what might I need to do? What can I try to accomplish? Or even, you know, like we, like we all do, you sign the log when you get there and then keep, you know, working towards it later. So a lot of times I just spend time seeing what the challenges are out there. And then that gives me some inspiration. The same as this challenge Academy passport, you tell me what to do and then I'm going to have fun accomplishing mm. that. So that's generally mm. the approach I take. Yeah. Yeah. Like knowing what's out there certainly helps to prioritize your targets. Yes. That would be, that'd be probably my first suggestion. <laughs> yeah. Especially on road trips. Ex exactly. You know, you can stop and do them all and never accomplish anything because if you're mm -hmm. just stopping for all these, you know, roadside caches, you're not going to get variety in there. And usually variety is what's um, needing to be accomplished for a lot of mm -hmm. challenges. And so, yeah, it's about being passing up all the other ones to make sure you get ones that are unique and can really help you out. Yeah. The worst feeling is when you go back over and say you find another challenge and you're looking for qualifiers and you discover that there was the one qualifier you need and it was right on the roadside that you were just there last yes, month. No. Exactly. Oh, I know. <laughs> always. There's always going to be one like that. <laughs> <laughs> but so here's the other thing. How would you know to stop to find that, first of all? Well, the other one is to prioritize generally considered rare, rare statistics. Mm -hmm. So things like old geocaches. Look for like the first five or six years of geocaching um, placed in those years. Or super high favorite counts. There's a lot of challenges based on those. Basically, any statistic that is very rare. Right. I, I tend to run through a similar search each time I go on a road trip. Like what, what are some of the rarest ones that I just might want to bump up that statistic for the, for potentially difficult challenges in the future? So yeah, make, making a note of those and uh, bookmark lists, bookmark lists, bookmark lists. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going on a trip, create a bookmark list and then add in your targets without, like, without worrying about whatnot. And then, and then you can kind of filter them down for feasibility. Right. But if you see it. Don't miss it. Stick it in a bookmark list because then yeah. even if it's like five years down the road, you'll still have it in that list and you go, oh, I forgot about that one. Exactly. I'm always filtering, like looking at my app map w through the lens of a bookmark so that I know, uh, get rid of all those other ones that are, uh, yes, they're geocaches, yes, they're fun, but that's not what I'm focused on today. And mm. so I can make sure as I'm driving through a place, um, oh yeah, this one, because you know, we have so many <laughs> bookmark, bookmark, mm. bookmark, you know, <laughs> it, we naturally have a lot to keep track of. And so those bookmarks mm. are going to keep me on track, especially when I look at them on the map view. Yep. And just finding our way added that little comment about don't bypass larges. Yeah. You know, I had a lot of fun with that. You know, when our vacation was over, we had two days of a drive home. And so I put the geocaching map on larges only. And that was a lot of fun. You know, that gave us a completely different focus for that drive home. And I found mm. some cool caches, you know. That's well, that's the thing. Like large caches are so rare. And yeah. because they're large, usually they are really cool. 
in some right. way. It's, there's almost a curiosity about how are you able to hide this large geocache? Let's go check it out. <laughs> exactly. And each one that I did that with was completely unique. Mm. And we got the one bucket more in the ground. We had a cooler yeah. at a farmer's farm. Bucket you hanging know? in a tree. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and and one other aspect to this as well uh, for traveling especially for coming up this summer if there's a lot of people coming in from a great distance to cash fest uh, look for things like uh, challenges you might want to complete that are based on traveling so border crossings whether it's state or provincial or uh, country even counties maybe if you don't get out of your county very much uh, there's a lot of challenges that are about finding a quantities of caches in other regions. So consider that too, especially because yeah. ours, we have um, somebody, we've got a few travelers, so they've placed a number of challenge caches that are just finding one cache in individual U.S. states or three countries or something like that. In the West, that's not easy because there's like four countries, <laughs> One, two, three, five, <laughs> something like that. North America, at least there's two, three, but uh, oh, I've got to get my numbers right. <laughs> But um, so consider that as well. If you need to get a certain count in a certain region, book half a day to find a power trail in a certain county. You can knock off right. a few things like that. <laughs> you know, you said. Oh, you're breaking up just a bit. Oh, we, we might lose Emily. Ah, Okay, when she gets that back. <laughs> oh, I think you're back now. Okay, I think I'm back now. So I don't know where it cut off, but an old type of challenge that if you encounter it still, it's a fun one to do. So as we're looking ahead to summer events is the, I forget what they might, maybe like a companionship or a friendship challenge where you need mm. to go caching with a, a whole giant number of different cachers. You need to remember to put their names in your log. So mm. yeah, as we're heading into summer event season, catch the names of everyone you're caching with, you know? Yeah. So there's just all kinds of strategies. There's a million things to keep track of. So just figure out which ones are the most important to you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so we have another one from Cody. We're running through a bunch from Cody tonight. We have another one. He says, are there certain years, months, or dates that are harder to find than others? To which I would say harder to physically find? Maybe. <laughs> over time. Who, who knows how people's strategies of hiding, hiding them have changed over time. But for, uh, for looking for them, for targeting, we've got that advanced search. It's your best friend. Um, and... So you can look through the advanced search, especially if you are a premium member, you get a whole load of features on geocaching.com or you can have any approved app that has good filtering abilities, ideally if they've adopted all of the API functions. For example, I know there's one feature that Cashly has that, uh, that, I, that is not on the website and uh, I'm kind of surprised that they haven't yet added it, but um, it is the ability to search by published date. And so if we were to look at Cashly, I've got it up on the screen now. Uh, you can tap in the filters in the top right and you scroll down just a bit. They've got cash placed. He has added a cash published, published option for a start date and end date, which I find extremely useful if say you are really trying to get a first to find. <laughs> you can look for a start date, let's say Today is the fifth. Let's say over the last two days. I know caches have been published over the last two days. So June 3rd, unfound, filter, and suddenly you get 
Oh, there's a couple of FTFs available. <laughs> hmm. So the June, oh, the June Fizzy Challenge. <laughs> that's another one that's popped up recently. Uh, so yeah, the, check out filter options that you've got on whatever app you're using. Uh, any API uh, um, API based app should have, hopefully should have all of the uh, filtering options that Groundspeak HQ provides. And uh, play with them as well. But the advanced search is your friend. Right, right. This is completely unscientific. <laughs> this is my <laughs> grid for what I did over vacation. And randomly, you can see that in January, February, and March, there's hardly any caches hidden that I found. So, you know, mm. you know, this is so random between five states. But I don't know. So in my one week vacation experience, the first quarter of the year, people aren't hiding caches. So I don't know <laughs> <laughs> if that's some random trivia for you. Um, mm. So yeah, that's and why, you know, just use the search. It takes, it takes the stress out of it. Yeah. And especially for things that, like if you're trying to complete a Jasmine for, as one example, um, you can also create a list of the old caches because published caches will never change. They might get archived, right. but they'll always be available. So for example, if I'm working on a August or my Jasmine, I've got an archive or a list containing all of the August 2000 geocaches that are at least still available um, in the world. And so now if you really need to, you can view that on a map and you can see where they are. So maybe some of the 2005 caches is a whole lot more. You could drop them on a list and then view it on a map. And then when you go on a road trip or you go on a vacation somewhere, you'll easily, quickly be able to see where those uh, those golden oldies are for easy access, especially yeah. if they're nearby. And um, Just Finding Our Way says, I think in comment to my first quarter, that's because you need to come visit Arizona, New Mexico, Texas. Yes. So, <laughs> you know, depending on where you live, you know, it could really influence the hiding of, in your area. That's a very good point. Yeah. And which kind of ties into another one from Cody Cash, who has asked, are there any specific things or challenges to keep an eye out for? And the first one I would say is any challenges you already qualify for. Because <laughs> <laughs> the way I like, like to look at it is the challenge caches, you can find them, but if you already qualify for something, especially if it's relatively simple, like a fizzy grid number one, like one loop through, then there's, those challenges are everywhere. So if you're going on a road trip, do a search for challenges and see if there's any challenges you qualify for because those are immediately, you can find them. Especially what I like is if they're a high difficulty, like you've accomplished, already accomplished some uh, statistical accomplishment. Like say in, in Ontario, it's relatively easy to get to 40 fizzy grids, but in some other state or province, it might not be. So it could be a really, really high difficulty. So now I've qualified for something I can find over there and have already earned that accomplishment. So if you know that you've already qualified for stuff, then keep them in mind when you're on a, a trip and target those as well. Yeah. There's a um, cashier in my parents' area that hides a lot of challenges. And so every time I visit my parents, I take a look at that map. I'm excited to see um, what they've hidden since the last time I visited and, uh, mm. bloody cool has family in the same area. And so I saw that he found <laughs> some, some, uh, challenges by this hider as well on his last trip to the area. <laughs> uh, 
We just got a question from H.S. Kermdick. <laughs> However that's pronounced. Is there a way to have your map show a combination of multiple lists? Unfortunately, right now, you can only show one list at a time, but you could merge lists and then into a new list and then view that on a map. It's kind of a workaround, but there's no automated way to view multiple lists on a map. Right. Uh, we still have so many questions and we love to get them. So uh, remember, email us at Challenge Talk Podcast and uh, we will add it to the list and maybe in the next show, unless it is super important, the next uh, grab bag show will explore some more. Who knows what kind of new features Project GC might Exactly. That'll be the then. fun part of some of these grab bag shows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh Gary told us. Yeah. <laughs> Husker, Husker Medic. Husker Medic. Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's like a, a bumper stumper almost. <laughs> oh, that, that game show. Anyway, so if we move on, let's move on to our wheel of challenges because it's game time all right we, uh one time when each month one live viewer is selected to face off against the wheel for a chance to win the grand prize which is a one-year membership on project gc again so many features when you are a, pre a premium member on project gc to enter make sure that you send an email with a subject containing spin me followed by your geocaching username in brackets and the answer to the following question. The first verified user gets the wheel and your profile will be checked live on Project GC. And if you qualify, a you win. Now that question is, what terrain is the theme of Signal's next labyrinth? Do, 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 do. <laughs> I'm, okay, have you found a cache in this particular terrain? Yes. I'm going to say, yes, I have. <laughs> and I even just this morning um, randomly picked some of uh, Joshua, the geocaching vloggers videos to watch. And he did, too, in a video that yes. I watched this morning. I think it was a recent video. <laughs> yes, that was right. And he was wearing just regular shoes. Regular shoes. We got some hints coming out. Made some and, choices uh, on what to do yeah. and just went for it. <laughs> <laughs> do you, once, once you get a little bit, you're like, ah. You just it, commit and, just go, and just go for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, oh, there's a fun guess in <laughs> the chat. Lava. <laughs> lava terrain. <Ooh. gasps> the terrain is lava. That would be a great theme for a cache. <gasps> Let's see. We don't know. We don't. <laughs> oh, man. That's that would be good. You could do That's... that in it. You could do that in a <gasps> swamp because we have a first answer. We have one in from. Just finding our way, the first person to send in the the correct answer, which All is the right. swamp. Yeah, the swamp theme. We'll so see what the official title is. When yeah, when, yeah, when tomorrow. they when they actually bring it out, it starts tomorrow. <laughs> so let's bring in the challenge wheel or the wheel of challenge challenge wheel wheel of challenges. Maybe it should be just challenge wheel. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> here we go. We have just finding our way. Let's spin that wheel. We only spin. There we go. <laughs> Ooh, for okay. difficulty. Oh, it is GC five C R R one. The bachelor's degree in geocaching. We have we have uh, mentioned challenges like this in prior shows. Sounds like this a one, quite the combo of requirements, if I had to guess. Yeah, this one is published in Ohio. It's a pre moratorium cache, which means 
usually means more Anything difficult. goes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's a four difficulty, four terrain, the University of Geocaching. This particular one is kind of a, a, a pre-moratorium popular theme, which is collecting points for qualifying for certain uh, accomplishments. And so in this one, you're trying to earn a bachelor's degree in geocaching. Uh, and there's a, there's a lot of... <laughs> a lot of options to earn points. Graze, growing in difficulty from relatively easy to very difficult. And so the checker will check your profile against uh, all of these options and tell you how many points you have earned and whether you earn your bachelor's degree. So let's break out Project GC. And we put in just finding our... Way and there he is, is a prolific cashier, so I'm gonna yeah. bet on his win. <laughs> yeah, share your guesses in chat. We should do that a little <laughs> <We> poll. <should. laughs> right? Will it? Will he win? Will he win? Just finding our way. TikTok has yes. qualified. Congratulations! Congratulations! <laughs> uh, with 80 points, I believe it. It said. Out of well, there's a lo there's a lot to look at in the results. <laughs> But if you view it, yeah, there's, oh man, it shows you all of the results as well of the grid, a depiction of all of the qualifications, just in case a cash owner wants evidence. Whoa, what is that? That one? is a lot of evidence. <laughs> a thousand, oh, it's a thousand fines needed, that's why. So it actually lists out the first wow. thousand fines oh my for qualification. <laughs> it could be a useful tool to uh, track your own progress on certain <laughs> tasks, but. We've got well, a lot of people in the. Yeah, congratulations. And we have a lot of people in the chat saying they've graduated as well with their bachelors and working towards their masters and beyond. Yeah, and that's another thing. Like some of these older challenges used to be a lot harder than they are now. I know there's there's quite a few five difficulty fizzy grid challenges still out there. <laughs> and uh, we have some uh, owners in our area who will often archive old challenges and republish new ones. Even if it's the same challenge, but uh -huh. a higher difficulty or a lower difficulty, just to make it more timely for a current cool. uh, ecosystem of geocaching. <clears throat> so we will be in touch. We have your info, but we'll be in touch to make sure that you uh, get your membership. So we've got... A few other geocaches to highlight because every month we can give a little bit of a congratulatory shout out to you, the listeners who email us proof of qualifying and logging a challenge cache since the last show. And anyone who sends an email to challenge, challenge talk podcast at gmail.com with the GC code, having a found it log uh, and a photo, if you like, maybe a story as well for that month will be entered for the prize giveaway for a challenge talk geocoin. And I think we might be down to our last one or two yeah. available. I have one right here. This is how it looks. <laughs> Every podcast in the network has one of these coins. And this one could be yours if you are the winner. So we've selected a few to highlight because we like uh, originality and creativity. So first off, we have one from J6 Family. It is GC7AWH5, the Around the World Challenge times 2, X2. And in this one, you, uh, blah, 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 blah. your challenge, uh, your total cash-to-cash -cash distance must circumnavigate the Earth two times. You need to go around the world twice 
with your total caching distance. Yeah, and they this give is, that distance. I think they're basing this one on the equator. So the widest hmm. part. Yeah, you could probably Google <laughs> get a few different <laughs> answers. Um, the Your geocaching stats does tell you what your cache-to-cache distance is. And, you know, this is an interesting one because challenge caches kind of throw a wrench into this cache-to-cache distance, right? Because if you're on a trip and you sign into a cache, but you don't yet qualify, and then three years later you log it found because you qualify, suddenly your cache-to-cache distance jumps way back over there yes. away from home and then comes back on your next find. <laughs> right. Well, I'll tell you what. I um, I went to Yellowstone on this vacation, and it is full of virtuals and full of earth caches, and I'm only about halfway logged on my earth caches. It's just, you know, it takes time and thinking, and I've logged everything mm-hmm. else because I'm like, you know, I could worry about my cash to cash distance, but I'm just not <laughs> going to. I'm going to log everything else that was easy to log and slowly <laughs> work through my earth caches. So I, I cringe a little, um, but I, I hope that I've cached enough that a challenge like this, you know, that's not really going to make or break my challenge qualifying. Yeah. I've done and what I do now is I, naturally. Yeah. And I actually use a travel bug now to uh, try to more organically track my actual oh, yeah, traveling that's, distance. That's a good And you can do. visit them into caches and it tells you the distance. So you have that choice to track. Yeah. Uh, well, even, you know, I, I'm still pretty old school and I typically log when I get home, not not in the Mm. moment and so by doing that but then getting an adventure lab the numbers just get all (laughs) squiggly anyways i mean i know adventure labs that's a whole other story they don't have locations blah 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 blah. but yeah (laughs) yeah i don't think my stats are in order (laughs) is the short (laughs) short thing to say well next up we've got one in from acorn mama who has sent us in GC2TE10, the full boater challenge. Full boater. I don't know how you might pronounce that, but it's in Ohio. It's a 5 5, 5 difficulty, 5 terrain. And in this one, it's uh, you need to find um, a cache in, I guess you could say, fairly, uh, fairly common properties of caches. So it's, it's, it's kind of fizzy inspired, but uh, you're not. You're not intended to complete a full fizzy grid. You're just supposed to find one cache in each of the difficulty levels, one in each of the terrain levels, plus one of each cache type. There's a list to choose from, so maybe not necessarily every single available cache type, but your standard cache types, and one of each cache size, and uh, and then a few other standard little rules. But uh, yeah, this one is good because you know it's another kind of introductory challenge to uh to things like fizzy grids and and whatnot and yeah and i thought it was kind of cool because she said it was very confusing but she ran the checker she qualified (laughs) so it was was all good (laughs) (laughs) see a lot of people have that opinion it's like challenges were more difficult before they were checkers because one you've got to track your progress and two you've got to prove your qualification as soon as checkers came out eh, don't have to do that now so it's a lot more accessible but it kind of loses that difficulty. <laughs> uh, we have one in from Sparky916, and it is GC1E8E6, Mystery, California Challenge of a Century. And this is also pre-moratorium cash. It was published in 2008. And this is a good example of one that we just mentioned. 
The challenge is to find 100 mystery caches. And if I recall, they also need to be puzzle caches. Uh, see, because it's pre-moratorium, they can do that. Mm -hmm. They'll they would need to actually go through the list like, and say nope that's not a works, puzzle that one doesn't yeah mm -hmm. but there's no way just by that kind of description for a checker to say this is a puzzle and this is a challenge right, um, right. there are attributes now but that's kind of a different uh, different setup for the challenge uh, that's why we have attribute challenges these days <laughs> yeah <laughs> and this one I catches. think unlike some challenges where it's at the posted cords this one is not. And you have mm -hmm. to solve a puzzle to get the quartz yep. on this challenge one as well. Which, at least in most places, if not everywhere, you're not allowed to do post-moratorium. For a challenge cache, again, you have to have the cache at the posted coordinates listed as a mystery or the coordinates of the challenge somewhere easily available so you could add it as an additional waypoint if it's not at the posted coordinates. That allows you to make geoarts of challenge caches, which is awesome. And we have another one in from ZipperTiff. It is GC8QARV. Oh, I was wrong, you guys. This is the one where she, she said this one was confusing, but she just ah. used the checker. So I had my, my people wrong. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this one is a new one published in 2020. And this one, I'd like this because it's, it's self-contained, but it's also referencing the Project GC badge, uh, badge page on your stats. So in this case, you've got to have a certain number of uh, caches to qualify for specific badges. But if you really want to see the reference, you can go to your Project GC profile. And, uh, and under the badges uh, uh, tab you'll get a list of all of your current progress on a number of accomplishments, which is something you can use to also shape your caching. But uh, all they did basically was form that challenge around that list of badges. But because they are accomplishments in and of themselves, you can just describe each accomplishment and you don't, you don't even have to look at the badges. It's just make sure that you complete all of those requirements mm -hmm. and the checker again, will do it all for you. Right. So that's, that's a nice use of the uh, Project GC badges. We have one more in from Kitty Catch, who sent in GC7ZQYC. <laughs> I'm Canadian, it's Z. <laughs> <laughs> it's the YCDIT. I'm not even sure what that stands for. I'm sure it's there somewhere. Challenge yeah. Series number 10, the Brain Teasers, 5 Difficulty, 2018 Publish. You can do it. You can do it Tasmania. Ah, because she's in Australia. And uh, so this one is a mix of challenge caches of varying difficulty. Uh, you basically need to have logged uh, a minimum of 500 mystery caches, which includes 100 with difficulty three or higher. It's kind of like a well-rounded um, well challenge for DTs. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's not just... A certain number you've got to have a certain type in in there as well but uh, she sent over a a little description of her finding it uh, let's see there is a picture to go with it that she's provided and the view from this cache is just uh, 
wonderful. Yeah, look at that. Like that's a reward too. What did she say? It took it was it took one and a half hours to walk up to the top of Mihan Ridge, Mihan Ridge Range, to grab the cash. A tough climb, but worth it for the views and to make the find. Great. That's a good, a good final uh, reward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just to see that view. Beautiful. Um, so, congrats to Kitty Catch for completing that. And congrats to everybody who has, congrats to everybody. Thank you to everybody who sent in challenges this month. Keep doing that. We're watching and we love to see them. Right. We can't read them all, unfortunately. Some of you guys send in so many, which means you're doing some (laughs) awesome things every month. We wish we could read them all, but we can't. (laughs) Yep. But it gives us lots of great ideas. Mm -hmm. And so the winner of everybody who has sent in challenges this month, the winner of the coin is... Do I have a drum roll? I have a. Oh, I don't have the drum roll loaded. Oh. <laughs> Winner is Sparky916. Congrats. Congrats. We will be in touch and we'll get your GeoCoin out to you ASAP. So remember to enter for next month. Send your email in before next month's show and uh, you can be entered into this draw. One last thing I always like to highlight the Iron Bingo Challenge. Uh, this is one, the last challenge that I published pre moratorium. And uh, this one is just basically a bingo grid of um, of uh, consecutive day caching based on certain attributes and property types. And there is a prize for people who complete the entire grid. And thankfully, the prize is now in its minting or moving into minting process. There's a geocoin. If you can complete the full grid of all of these tasks, all of these accomplishments. And... There are people who are working on it, got a few messages over this past month. So it's doable and it's still up to you. And there's even one from EJK PBR who has given us an image. He is half done uh, the entire grid. So he's working hard on that. Awesome. <laughs> yep. So check that out. That is uh, GC3D5EB. Uh, and hopefully, yeah, I'm still working on it too, but I'm getting there. <laughs> <laughs> Pre-moratorium, you didn't have to qualify for your own challenge. <laughs> yeah. So that's our topics. Do you have any uh, other thoughts, any other comments for our listeners? Just keep going at this passport challenge. Mm. Um, we are having so much fun. Um, for any of the pictures for the scave- photo scavenger hunt, um, tag us, uh, geocache talk, and use the hashtag challenge academy so we can see what you're doing. And we are so excited. Um, can't wait to see you all in Memphis so soon. And remember, some of those photos you might be able to do just in Memphis. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Last minute qualifiers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, the, this passport is for the 16th. And so all of you who are um, coming before the 16th, you'll still have a few, few days to accomplish the passport. Yep. It'll be great to see everybody. We have our next show on... Uh, not June 5th, it is July 3rd is our next show. And then it's Cash Fest. Woo! Can't wait. That's going to be awesome. What Mm -hmm. a summer. Uh, Show notes, as usual, will be posted shortly after the show. So if you're looking for links and you want to see these caches that we've mentioned, then they'll be there. And as always, thanks for watching and listening. Thank you for everybody who's come to chat. It's an active chat room tonight. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Don't always get to see every comment, but it's great to have you there. And 
As always, remember, it's not about the numbers. It's about the challenge. Challenge accepted. Good night, everybody. See you next Good night. month.